Welcome to Balancing Parent Life. This is Allie, and today we're going to talk about temper tantrums. We're going to discuss what they are, as most of you are very aware of what they are. And I'm sure you've had those moments in the store or with other family members or whatever it may be, but your children have had them, and they're never fun. And we're going to talk about why they're having them and how we can get out of them. The first type of temper tantrum usually starts with fatigue. And is your child tired? Did they not have their nap today? Did they get up early? Was their routine changed? Are they sleepy? When children are tired, they're going to be more likely to throw a fit. And as adults, we too, when we're tired, also want to throw a fit. Now we maintain because we've learned how to self-soothe, we've learned how to calm ourselves. But in general, children may not be able to do that. So the best thing to do is give them an opportunity to rest. The second is hunger. Is your child hungry? Are they hangry? Are they wanting to eat something and you've kept them from eating? Is it almost lunchtime? Is it almost dinner time? It's the whole reason why we have what's called the witching hour. Is it the witching hour where you're trying to make food, they're smelling it and they just want food and why can't they have that box of Cheez-Its right now? So it's one of those types of things that we have to keep in mind. So we just need to minimize talking to them. We need to minimize whatever we can and try to get them food as soon as possible. The next is, are they sick? Are they not feeling well? Because if they're not feeling well, they're also going to be very inconsolable. And so these are all things that, that matter. Is your child hypersensitive to clothing, to touch, to the like the ribs on their, their clothing is the, you know, socks have a seam on them that are touching their toes. If they're hypersensitive to clothing or food or even the types of food that they eat. I have a buddy that can't eat cheese because of the consistency and that's the only reason why he can't eat it. If you would have given it to him, he would throw a fit. And some kids are like that. There might be a food or something that they don't like. Are they hypersensitive to what kind of clothing they're wearing? Do they need compression? Do they need... Um, something loose, and that can cause a, a tantrum. Another reason is, are they feeling powerless at this moment? Do they feel like they haven't had any choices in the matter? You've been telling them what to do all the time, and they haven't had a choice. So by giving them simple choices, it's time to go to bed. Okay, what color would you, pajamas do you want to wear? Do you want to wear red, or do you want to wear your blue pajamas? giving them simple choices. Now, when they get a little bit older, it may be something as simple as, do you want to do a wheelbarrow to bed or do you want to race me to bed? It could be something as simple as that to get them out of that so they have a little bit more power, giving them a choice. When people are frustrated, when children are frustrated, they also, so if they, if they break down and the task is too hard that you haven't broken it down or they just don't know how to accomplish it, like go clean your room and they haven't been taught how to break it down to another level, they're going to throw a fit because they're not, they're going to be overwhelmed. They're not going to know what to do. So all of those things can matter to a child. So we've discussed the different types of tantrums, but I want to recognize the fact that tantrums are still going to occur. And one of my favorite all-time tantrums that my daughter did when she was the age of four was that we were at a playground and it was a very large rocket one of those old rockets that most of the playgrounds don't have anymore 
and um, the rocket ship park where we always went had three or four different layers to it so you had to climb up the stairs and then go around and climb up the stairs and I had both of my two daughters with me and the the youngest one was only two and she couldn't climb up the stairs very well and we'd gotten to the top but it was time to go home and my four-year-old was having a blast she didn't want to leave and so I started to take her down and I couldn't get her down and every time I'd slide her down the slide to get her down she'd come back around and so we had this battle so eventually I decided okay I'm gonna have to drag her out with me and I get her down the slide and I drag her down with me along with the baby and we start to go and I have her on one shoulder and I've got the baby in the other and she starts screaming I don't know you you're not my mom and at that moment, I was extremely embarrassed because it looked like I was stealing my own child, and she knew that it was going to embarrass me, and her hope was that we could stay at the park. Now, I couldn't stay at the park, and so the reality was we had to leave, and I had to go through the motions of taking her and putting her in the car and knowing that people were stopping and wondering what was going on as this child was screaming, I don't know you, you're not my mom, and we got her in the car and it was just time to go. But the reality is things like that happen where we're going to be embarrassed, where we're going to have issues that occur that we're going to have to just deal with as parents. But knowing what's causing it can at least have, um, allow us to have a little bit of empathy for our children because us as adults do feel the same things that they feel. When we don't have power in a situation, we get grumpy. If we, if we're hungry, we're grumpy. If we're if we're wanting to do something and it doesn't occur at the time that we wanted it to happen, well, it's going to affect us. And to remember that these little humans are going to say, have the same feelings that we do, but we've just learned how to regulate them. That's an important factor that we need to figure out. Um, and so I want to encourage you to know that, you know, yeah, you're still going to, you're still going to have that child that's going to freak out at the grocery store because they didn't get whatever it was that they wanted. And you're, as a parent, are going to make that decision on whether or not you decide to give it to them, to calm them down, to get through the day or not. But I, I kid you not that some of the best ways of dealing with some of those types of tantrums, those type of power struggles, I would say would be the leaving the basket. And I don't suggest doing it when you really need to bring home food, but I, I promise you that this has worked for me. We've had a full basket and we've had a meltdown at the checkout line and I left that basket and we went home without any of the food. And I mentioned it after we got into the car, why we were going home without the food. And I mentioned it on the way back, you know, to the house. And then when we, when we got home and it's something that needs to, you know, when you have a four-year-old who's throwing a fit, you need to let them know, you know, that that's not acceptable and that, they're going to need to figure out another way. Another great way of getting into a store and not having a tantrum at all would be to talk about what would happen when they go into the store, what expectations you have for them, and to also know that they, um, with those expectations, that there is going to be a repercussion if they do act up, whatever it may be for your family. For me, it, it was leaving the basket full of food and having to go back at another time. I, I also wanted to mention that there are moments in life where it's completely inconvenient for us adults to have these tantrums, and I want to acknowledge that because it's crazy how they have a sixth sense that it is not the right time to have this tantrum. 
And one of the biggest times that I've ever had is the fact that kids can sense that you're on the phone. And I don't know what it is about phones that kids know, oh, mom's on the phone, I better go and and bother her or whatever it may be. They want the attention because the attention's off of them at that moment. And a great way of breaking that habit, and it has worked for me, and I've used it in the past, is calling the child towards me, but not looking at them, but wave them over, but not use my words towards them, but continue the conversation, but wave them over and begin to just gently rub their back. And so they're getting that attention that they were seeking. And at the same time, they're still not getting the conversation. And what will end up happening is if you call them over every time that you're on the phone and they get a little rub back, I can promise you they're going to end up walking away because they're going to get bored because they really don't want to be part of the conversation. They just want to acknowledge, they want their acknowledgement from their parent that they're still loved and that they are very important to them. And that's all it really takes sometimes to get a child to know that this is not the time for, for talking. This is the time for mom to have the conversation. And it works actually with even having friends over. You have a visitor that you may have not seen forever. And you just wave that child over and, and rub their back while you're talking. And, and they will learn that they're still getting that love. But at the same time, they're not going to be interrupting as much. Because they're going to learn that mom's not going to interrupt their conversation. Or dad's not going to interrupt that conversation that they're having with somebody else. And what it also allows is for them to wait until it is their turn. So they're not interrupting the conversation. Now, if you have a visitor over and you rub their back and they're sitting there patiently waiting to talk to you, and then you then you then give them a few moments and then in a good break in the conversation, stop and then ask them what they need or, or to help them, whatever it may be, they're going to learn that they are important. But at the same time that it's important to let mommy or daddy talk or let mommy and daddy have a conversation with either the guest or with whoever's on the phone. And so, um, as I said, it's, it's amazing how they have a sixth sense for when it's an inopportune time. And it might be a business call. It might be whatever it may be, you know, a really important phone call. But sometimes those type of things are important to stop. So we talked about the different types of tantrums and why they occurred. And um, the honest truth is, you know, if your child's hungry and you can't feed them at that exact moment, at least you know why they're, why they're acting up. Or if they're super tired, you're going to know that. And you're also going to probably plan ahead. If you have an event that's coming up and you, you need to plan around nap time, then you might want to plan around nap time so you don't have the issues that occur. You know, don't go grocery shopping during lunchtime and expect them not to have a flip out. You know, don't plan something to happen um, in public when they're going to be tired because it's nap time for them. So planning ahead is a huge part of it, knowing how your child is. My daughter, with serious sensory issues, cannot wear pants. She cannot wear pants. And so she's been in shorts, gym shorts, for two years. And, you know, we live in Southern California. It doesn't get terribly cold when it is snowing outside because we've gone to a place that snows, well, guess what? She's still in shorts. And you know what? That's fine. She gets to be cold. She's old enough to understand that she's going to be cold and she's made that choice. And who's for me to say, you know, you got to wear pants. No, I, I tell her you will be warmer in pants, 
but I still let her wear her shorts because she's happier that way. We're not dealing with the issues. Same thing with socks. She can't have the seams on the socks. It was a major issue when I finally got socks that didn't have seams in them. We were a much happier family. And so sometimes it's about negotiating the small things. But I do suggest when you're negotiating and your child's in the deepest amount of tantrum, don't negotiate with terrorists. It's not worth it. They, it's just not worth it because kids can be little terrorists to us. And so um, my suggestion to you would be don't negotiate, do what you have to do, get out of the situation and pre-plan as much as you can. And, and no, you know, it's the, the inevitable mom with all of the snacks because they know that it's their child's going to get hungry because you're on a, you know, major errand run and you, you have those snacks available. So, you know, they're not going to get hungry or you know that it's nap time. So you have an opportunity for a drive where they can sleep on the way there whatever it may be, but plan ahead. Um, and that will help so much in your day-to-day life. Um, and you know, there's going to be moments like the rocket ship park where you're going to almost wish that you weren't their mom (laughs) or you wish that you weren't their dad because they're acting up so horribly and you're embarrassed, but embarrassment comes with parenthood. And just remember when they become teenagers, you can embarrass them too. And it's so much fun. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. So thank you for listening today, and um, I hope you got something out of it.